Hey guys, welcome to the Bowhunting Soul Podcast. Uh, today I have a return guest, another return guest, and it's a guy by the name of Cliff Cadet, and he goes by Urban Archery NYC on Instagram. Uh, a lot of you guys probably follow him. If you don't, you should. Uh, very inspiring guy, uh, very positive guy, lots of good messages out there. And Cliff was on a podcast with me last year, one of the first several that I did. I don't remember what, what episode it was, but I believe it's called, uh, I believe it is called Urban Archery NYC or, or slash Cliff Cadet or something like that. So if you want the backstory of Cliff's backstory, go ahead and listen to that first. But to kind of a quick recap, Cliff is a, uh, he's, he's a middle-aged guy. He's about my, I'm, I'm 45. I think he's close to my age, I believe, uh, couple young kids, married. He lives in Queens. He lives in right the heart of New York City, pretty much. And um, he decided recently, well, within the past couple of years, that he wanted to take up archery, and then he wanted to try his hand at hunting. So last season was his very first uh, deer season. He was a little bit late for turkey season, as, as we'll talk about in this. But um, in when he, when he was first on the show, he was still preparing to uh, enter into his very first deer hunting season. So he was still practicing, he was still shooting, he was still getting, you know, um, you know, learning how to scout and things like that. And then uh, I told him, I said, look, you know, after your first season, after you go through all this and you get out several times after your first hunting season, I'd like to have you back on the show to kind of recap and see how it all went. So that's what this one is over here. It's definitely a good one. Um, you know, we talk everything. We talk everything a little bit about this coronavirus uh, thing going around. We talk about balancing, you know, hunting versus family life, uh, you know, uh, kids, school. Now we're doing homeschool, obviously, because because of this corona thing. Um, you know, ch ever-changing world. But he did manage to get out several, time la several times last year, and we go through... His, uh, his his three hunts that he did manage to go on. We talk about all the things that went right, all the things that went wrong, the things that, uh, you know, he, he he discovered, you know, both with, you know, within himself and, and, you know, where he hunts and who he hunts with and his gear and that sort of thing. So it's very eye-opening. It, it's kind of good to look back and get a, a newbie's perspective um, of all this, especially a guy that didn't grow up hunting didn't grow up in the outdoors and didn't pick up a bow or any kind of weapon or anything like that till you know he was like i said like in in you know a very very late onset uh hunter so excellent conversation cliff is a uh like i said he's a very positive guy uh very you know inspiring so if you don't follow him go ahead and follow him on instagram it's Ur urban archery nyc um he is um also started his own podcast so we, we talk about all the stuff it's all it's all you know kind of near the end of the episode so um definitely uh you know listen to it all the way to the end he's got some pretty good stuff uh, cooking so um with that said i appreciate the uh, support guys so please leave a rating. I know I ask you this every time, but please, please, please leave a rating. It's absolutely huge. Uh, doesn't It's not really hard to do. You just kind of click find me, you know, go down, especially in Apple. I don't know how to do it in Google or anywhere else, but Apple's the biggie. Go down and just leave a five-star rating. I appreciate it. You don't have to even leave a review. Just leave the rating. <clears throat> and if you guys want to share or, um, you know, link this to anything or share this to anything or share it on your own, on you know, Instagram or, or social media, I... Please, I would I would love for you guys to do that. I don't spend a dime on on advertising, so anybody who listens to the show, 
is here because they want to listen to the show and I greatly appreciate that and I greatly appreciate your comments and and support and all that stuff so anyway um, with that said I hope you guys are staying safe and saying staying sane most importantly through this corona craziness and uh, without any further ado here is my second interview with Cliff Cadet yeah I think we're recording Hi, Cliff. How's it going? All right, yourself, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, we, we well, well, welcome everybody to the Boating Soul Podcast. <laughs> uh, we this is uh, um, we're, t- we're talking to Cliff Cadet here. Um, and uh, we were we were kind of in the middle of uh, talking about how it's kind of chaotic and hectic with kids and stuff now with this uh, Corona business. You know, yeah. and you were just got you just got done saying that uh, you guys uh, started this week, I guess, for doing the they call it distance learning here. I guess everywhere calls it different, but you know, basically homeschooling right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you said you've got what one in elementary school and and one in middle school and junior high school. In yeah. Middle school. Yeah. So man, that's got to be tough. I only got you know one. She's in first grade, and uh, this is supposed to be her. This week's supposed to be her official um spring break you know so we've got one more week of this and then we start doing the the whole uh you know homeschooling distance learning kind of thing too but it's got to be a whole lot tougher with two and especially since they've got you know like you were saying they're they got different curriculums you know yep well it's it's i gotta say it's it's tough on my wife because i'm i'm off at work um but uh even with this lockdown but um you know my wife uh today was day one you know what i'm saying and she's literally running back and forth between two rooms you know what I'm saying she had yeah. i believe my daughter in the bedroom on one laptop and then my son in our bedroom on another laptop just you know trying to go back and forth trying to help you know both of them you know make sense of what was going on it being the first day and all yeah yeah are they uh are they pretty much gonna like uh, i mean school's pretty much as far as the, the chances of them going back to school are pretty much like zero right at this point it seems it seems slim but right now it's just rumors people are saying um in the city that if they close down the schools even though it was only supposed to be because right now the target date for them to return back to school is april 20th but okay. rum- rumors have it that um, chances are if they close down the schools that it would probably end up extending no matter what um, through the end of the school year. But mm-hmm. right now, it seems like the mayor is sticking to his uh, target date of April 20th. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we kind of jump right into this, Cliff. Uh, for, for those that don't uh, that, they don't remember, Cliff was a, um, uh, a one of my first guests actually last year. And, uh, you know, just, just to kind of refresh everybody, you know, we met, um, pretty much on Instagram, which, uh, you know, uh, I guess that's how pretty much everyone meets nowadays. It's either Tinder or Instagram. And I sure <laughs> as hell did, I sure as hell didn't meet you on Tinder, man. But, no, sir. <laughs> or, uh, what's the other one? Grinder, I guess. Right. But, yeah. uh, no, but we, um, so you had, you were on, um, you are it's urban archery nyc is your handle yep. on instagram and sure. uh you had started uh this journey uh well literally journey to the hunt right i mean you mm-hmm. you live in queens um you work for ups yep. you are a city guy born and bred 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this is your first, you know, you, you, you got a bug to get into archery, right? And if I remember correctly, it's because you were watching, you'd seen some old, like, Errol Flynn, some, uh, uh, you know, um, what is it, uh, like Robin Hood, that kind of stuff. Am I, am I on track there? Am I remembering yep, that correctly? Yep, 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 Yeah. Totally on point. So, so um, w- when you decided to do this we can do like a really quick recap i don't want to recap the you know the whole thing that we talked about but when you decided to do this um you know where did you turn to you know what what uh you know other than your wife who probably thought you were crazy you know <laughs> like, like you want to do what you know want to go shoot deer you know where did you, where did you turn to to get uh you know you got the spark but where did you get to turn to, to kind of nudge you along um essentially social media man because originally when i when i purchased my first bow i was all about archery and then um as i got onto instagram um and was learning more about archery i'm sorry um it i started to see more and more content regarding bow hunting um and i was just like wow it it just seemed like you know the it it, i know i kind of probably skipped a step you know what i'm saying some some people may shoot archery for a little bit and again i'm i'm assuming here may shoot archery for a little bit and then decide later on down the line they want to get into bow hunting mm-hmm. but it just seemed to be you know i don't know it just definitely while archery was something i always wanted to do hunting seemed to just you know uh what's the word i'm looking for just click with me you right. know the idea yeah. of it and everything so um i just started following more and more um bow hunting and then hunting accounts in general and you know just made the jump from there was it um i don't think we talked about this last time i know we talked about your your the, the spark for archery but the actual spark for hunting like let's 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 dive a little bit deeper into that is it uh did one day you kind of like look around and be like hey where does this you know where does my food come from or just like you happen to see something you know online or whatever and be like huh i wonder if i could do that you know how did you how did you come to that well right around the time i decided to go hunting was maybe all right so i want to say i created my urban archery nyc instagram account in mid-january of last year and then um i remember trying to learn a lot about archery i noticed um i was seeing a lot of posts about ata a lot of the trade shows were going on and people posting about that stuff so it was pretty cool because i was i was learning I was getting an idea of what kind of who's who in the hunting industry, who's who in the hunting community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was learning about um, equipment, you know what I'm saying? And then that progressed into me seeing more and more uh, people getting prepped for the 3D season, the 3D archery season kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, I well, I'm sorry, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. And then after the trade shows were the tournaments that were going on so i got to see a lot of that so that's where archery came right. in and then immediately after that was um people shooting you know in different 3d shoots and then from there it progressed into me watching people prepare for uh spring turkey season uh, so so that's where it came about so i want to say maybe by about march uh mid-march um you know what i'm saying is where i was like oh wow okay people bow hunt turkey you know what I'm saying? And that's where I kind of got the bug and realized um, I may have been a little bit too late, you know, to the party and such. And so had yeah. made the decision to bow hunt, you know, later that year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bow hunt deer, I should say. 
Right, right, right. And then, uh, so then you, I, I, I believe you said there's only like a couple like archery shops like like relatively nearby you, right? Even though you're in Queens, um, it, it's not that far a drive, right? For 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 one no, or two of them, not not too far. They're within the five boroughs of New York City, as far as I know. There are only four four bow shops. Um, two are in Queens, one in Brooklyn, and one in Manhattan. Um, I. I honestly wasn't having the best time at um the ones in queens so i checked out the one one of the two in brooklyn i mean one in brooklyn because the one in brooklyn one in manhattan are owned by the same company the same brand um and i had a good time there but that was a bit of a ways off for me so um so i basically started shooting um you know somewhat regularly uh, you know, my mother-in-law's driveway, those are the pics you'll usually see on social media of me shooting in the other side of a house. Yep. Um, or I go out to like further out in Brooklyn, there is an outdoor archery range where it's free to shoot, but even that's a little bit more difficult to get to than, um, any of the others. Yeah. But you didn't <clears throat> let it stop you, right? I no, mean, you went no, out, you all. got, you, you purchased like one of those off the rack kind of ready to shoot bows. Um, you know, you were, posting every day uh i can't remember where you were shooting you were shooting indoors somewhere is that at the ups facility or or oh no so what that was was on my route um so the route i deliver on is um basically made up of a lot of commercial um you know a lot of businesses you know saying a lot of commercial stops Mm -hmm. so a textile company on my route um basically was okay i'm really cool with the owner was okay with um me bringing my storing my bow and my target there because I, I also got tired of you know dropping 20 bucks um you know to go shoot at an archery range so um you know the owner of this uh textiles company was like yeah you could keep your bow here you could keep your target here um and shoot whenever you want so what i was doing was um taking my lunch break you know maybe take 15 20 minutes to eat and then afterwards pick up my bow and you know go to town Oh, okay, okay, all right. So you progressed pretty good, if I if I remember. I mean, you were you were doing pretty good, and then uh, uh, walk me through, you you know your your first I guess lead up to that first season because you I think you were going to a cousin I believe right a cousin's uh, property in uh, in New York. Well, out, actually, out, out of the city, of course. Well, actually, what it was is um, my cousin was my hunting buddy, my hunting partner. Um, what mm-hmm. it was is, uh, a good friend of mine was, um, it basically is the owner of six acres about two hours away, um, from my home. Okay. Um, and it's like his weekend home, he and his wife, he and his family, you know, go up there every weekend. And, um, he had let me known some early last year that, um, you know, both the neighbor, his neighbors on either side of him were bow hunters. So then the idea popped in my head that I could come up to this property and hunt. So, um, that was basically it. That was the property that I hunted, um, two out of the three days that I was able to go out. Um, and, uh, you know, successful both the, those two times that I went up there was successful in, in terms of the things that I learned, but unfortunately unsuccessful in harvesting an animal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of typical. I mean, uh, you, uh, I, it, it's kind of good it's good and bad right i mean it's it's good that you you kind of dove kind of headlong into it and 
and, and I and I don't mean this in a bad way to anybody that like isn't successful, you know, um, in in their first season or any season really. But I, I think to me, it really kind of shows the reality that you don't see on TV on these TV shows. You know, I don't even know who watches like the, the outdoor channel kind of shows anymore because they're just so produced, you know, overproduced and and these manicured, um, uh, you know shooting you know ranches and things like that but uh you see a lot of success and i think mm-hmm. a lot of people coming into this assume that they're just this giant white tail is going to walk in front of them you know broadside of 20 yards and you know it's you know you're going to turn around and high five this you know the cameraman <laughs> and that kind of thing you know so when somebody struggles it's like i'm glad they get it mm-hmm. because um Again, I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean, I, I want everyone to have success, but I want everyone to, to kind of to earn that success, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it does two things. One, it weeds out the people that are just like you know, kind of dabbling in it. But mm-hmm. even if it does, it they leave with a sense of a better sense of understanding of what, what hunting's all about. Because some people might come into this, you know, some, you know, a friend of theirs might be like, you know, shove a gun in their hand and be like, here, come on out to the property and shoot some, you know, whatever, come hunt, hunting, you know, kind of thing. And that's a whole lot different than something what you did and what something a, a lot of like, especially like archers do. And that is, you know, they train, they, you know, they, they try to you know organize their lives around, uh, you know, hunting and, and, and practicing and training and that kind of thing. Because, I mean, I'm sure you ran headlong into this. I run headlong into this. And most people listening probably run into this where, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they might have a wife or a girlfriend, kids, um, job, you know, all, all, all these things that take up time that you need to you know, distribute to distribute your time, you know, amongst. But you've got this like burning passion. You so want to be out in the woods and you so want to have this and so want to have the success. And you work so hard getting to where you want to get to. And if it doesn't happen, you know. Um, you can come out of it with two ways. You can either be like really pissed off about it and just kind of mm-hmm. throw your bow in the corner, or you can take, you know, whatever you learn from that and take it in and learn to appreciate it and then learn, you know, like learn the lessons. And it's like, yeah, I want to keep doing this, you know, and those are the people that, you know, I, I think are beneficial in the long term for, for, for hunting overall. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I totally agree because <clears throat> honestly, um, I've been chastise um <laughs> a couple of times for not getting out there more often <clears throat> this past deer season mm-hmm. um and the truth is i've been told i'm you know making excuses i'm uh, truth is i'm not making any excuses i made a choice i made a choice that um it being my very first season hunting it being you know less than a year for me deciding i wanted to hunt that i wasn't gonna make this though it has been a bit intrusive in terms of my family you know, mm-hmm. my new, my new hobby and all, um, or endeavor, I should say. And, uh, I'm not trying to make it too crazy for them. Cause I don't want it to be such a thing where it'd be like, Oh, daddy's going hunting again. Oh, daddy's mm-hmm. doing something. Hunt- I don't want that. I don't want it to be for them to associate anything negative with archery or hunting. Um, so I made <clears throat> the choice to put, you know, my family first. Um, so like, uh, both my kids started playing sports this past fall so which made it harder my daughter started playing volleyball my son started playing basketball and the way i grew up with with uh, my parents my parents worked many many different jobs so a lot of times i played sports as a kid none of my parents were never present to watch me play Mm -hmm. so that wasn't that wasn't something that i was gonna do you know to my kids 
Yeah, no, uh, t- totally, totally understood there, especially, uh, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Cause I, I mean, I travel too, you know, I travel for work too. So, um, I, you know, we, we all have different kind of, you know, stressors in life or, or different uh, things pulling us in, in different directions. And the last thing you want is for something that you love so much, you know, this, this passion, this, you know, hunting or, or uh, this endeavor that you said, um, you don't want that to be a point of, um, contention or uh or resentment every time you know it's brought up you know exactly you don't want your wife pissed at you you don't want your kids resenting like why is you know why are you going out and not spending time with me kind of thing um you know they may in the future may want to go out with you or they may not you know so it's one of those things that you gotta you, you gotta balance so um okay so let's rewind a little bit here so then you um Basically, we're, we're we're shooting your bow all you know through you know spring summer that kind of thing. We 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 passed through uh, turkey season, and um, I know that the last time we had talked, I think that you were on the that you were on the podcast, uh, you had gone to your uh, cousin's property and you guys had done some scouting there, I believe, right? So yes. why don't you? Um, you can go into as much detail as you want. You can skim over as much as you want. Whatever. Why don't you kind of walk me through your? Um, we can start with scouting and then walk me through your first hunt, walk me through your second hunt. And then, you know, we can kind of go from there. All right. So this property, um, and just to clarify, it's a friend's property. My cousin was just my, my hunting partner. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yep. No, no, sorry. Um, so what the property is two hours away outside the city. Um, and, uh, so what we did was we purchased about four, um, trail cameras um believing that that would be enough for you know six acres of property and my buddy who owns the property you know i Mm. asked him a bunch of questions because they said they see deer all the time on the property so i asked him to you know point out where he's um seen them before and based off of that um i placed the trail cameras um now being two hours away is difficult. You know, some people go every two weeks, you know, to check, pull their, uh, you know, memory cards from the cameras. Instead, I set up a system with my buddy where um, every weekend when he went up to the property, he would pull the cards for me and email me the pictures. So in that way, I didn't have to travel two hours, you know, four hour trip back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then based off of what I saw and then based off of the shape of the property where wherever movement was, I might ask him to move a camera. So um, luckily, though, um, out of the four cameras I had initially set up myself, I asked him only to move one camera once. And on all four cameras, we basically saw movement um, pretty much all those um you know all through the the start of the fall heading into the into deer season um there was maybe like one um one buck like um uh what do you call it like a was it th- a six pointer i get, i'm still fairly yeah. new to this but when counting the points um uh it's total total points on the antlers correct well depe- depending where <clears throat> you live okay so <clears throat> the kind of midwest eastern way to do it is uh total total points so if it's got you know like three on one side and maybe you know three on one side three on another it's a six pointer if it's three and three and one side four then it's a seven pointer whatever in the west 
Um, and there's really no like delineation of the line where they do that, but it's basically kind of, I'd say like from the Dakotas, you know, like down the draw a line straight South and, you know, go West from there. Um, they, they tend to talk in, uh, you know, per side. So like you'll hear them refer to like a three point, you know, mm. and that's like a six point that in anywhere else. And I don't understand why they don't just say like a three by three. Some do. But um, I don't know why they, they just don't say like a three by three or four by four or a three by three by two or whatever kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's depending where you live, they they refer to it different ways. Got it. So the only book that I had on camera um, prior to the season was a six pointer, you know, three on each side. Yep. Um, so that had gotten me, you know, a little bit excited. But other than that, I never saw him again. Just the one time on camera. Um, it was pretty much nothing but does popping up. So I was still excited about that. Um, so based off of that information and what I thought the trail was that they came in and, and out of um, was based pretty much is what made me decide what trees I wanted to set my cousin up in and which one I wanted to set myself up in. Um, you know, pretty much opposite wherever the trail cameras were within about 20 yards or so. Yeah. Um, now my cousin and I went out opening day of early bow. Can, can I stop you real quick? Did yeah, you guys, did, did either one of you guys have experience? Uh, well, I know you didn't, but did, did your cousin have experience with where to set those cameras up? Like, did you, you know, were they coming from bedding to bedding, uh, transitioning no, between, you know, pinch point? Did my... you, or did you just, my my um my decision on where to plant where to basically place all the trail cameras was all based off of the activity that my buddy had seen on his property so okay. it gave it gave me like he'd tell me where he'd he and his wife would sometimes see the deer walking um feeding anything like that because what happened was there was plenty of acorns on the property so they could pretty much walk through and stop anywhere and and eat so, um, okay. so again, just based off of where he and his wife told me in the past, they've seen the deer, um, walking or feeding was where I decided I would put, um, the trail cameras. Now, the thing was, it was difficult to honestly find a trail because it was basically a blanket of leaves on the ground. No real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No sign. real sign. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that you know no defining trail or path as to which way they walk to and from <clears throat> so it was more of a guessing game for me but yeah. luckily enough like i said with uh initially setting up four cameras i only had to move one um because the other three were definitely getting um you know pretty good uh pictures and um once i moved that one or once my buddy moved the one i was getting good pics on that one as well okay so based off of where i place you know all four of those cameras i was guessing what path the deer were taking to walk through this property so now what i did was um now prior to us going out to hunt um you know, my cousin had some some health issues. I had hoped, you know, um, the decision to go hunting would kind of like spark in him an issue in a, spark in him the want to get a little bit healthier. Um, so we had invested in um, tree climbers. Mm -hmm. um, I had hoped that, you know, he 
would learn by that time how to use them because uh, me working um, my hours, him working his hours, we basically never really met up in order to learn together. Right. Um, so again, I had assumed that he had figured out how to use it, you know, and learned and so on. But come to find out that day, that first day out, uh, he didn't. Um, essentially, that that first day out was a huge, a huge eye opener in terms of um, logistics of planning something like that. Um, we were late, you know, I got to his house early enough before to drive up there to the property, but he wasn't ready. So we didn't leave till maybe an hour after I had initially planned to leave. Mm-hmm. So we arrived to the property. Sun was already up. Um, it had started to rain. I couldn't remember for the life of me if um, it was good or bad to hunt in the rain, um, you know, and then, you know, so using our climbers, we had um, come across an issue where um, one, he was having a hard time getting up in his climber. And then in using his climber, we found I honestly can't tell you if it was a defect in the climber or if it was something he did wrong, but mm-hmm. we found tear, tears in the seat um, or the straps for the seat that go on the climber. Mm. And that made me, I didn't feel right with him, you know, trying to use it. So totally told him, you know, let's not use this. Um, and I was like, you know, we'll, we'll hunt from the ground. And again, that's just me at this point, honestly yeah. being kind of frustrated because other, the other things that happened prior to us actually getting what though that I found out when we got there was he forgot his, um, broadheads. He forgot his bag. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> things like, so I was, I was a little annoyed to say the least. So I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was able to, luckily I had extra broadheads, so I gave him, uh, like three of mine. Um, and, uh, then, you know, this stuff happened to his climber and then it was one of those, I was frustrated and I was like, all right, let's get back to the car. Um, you know, take, uh, our climbers back. Um, we'll spot and stalk or just post up on this spot, sit at the base of this tree and see what happens Right. type of deal. Um, now, at the point that I was basically getting ready, that I was ready to give up, essentially, um, we were walking back to the car to drop off our climbers. Um, I was kind of frustrated and I walked ahead of him um, on the way back to the car. And he was uh, a good, like, maybe 10, 15 feet behind me. And I guess he was trying to get my attention without yelling, but I didn't hear him. So apparently, as we were getting to the car, he let me know he spotted a doe. So, Uh and it, yeah, so it was on the other side of the house, um, that's on the property. So, um, now that other side of the property is where my buddy told me they see the deer walk, you know, uh, through the property all the time. So I doubled back, but going around the opposite side of the house and started, I didn't spot the doe myself, but I started walking the trail that I believe, you know, the deer were walking or at least right. those were walking um i went as slow as possible tried to be as quiet as possible um and it wasn't until about maybe a good two three hundred yards of walking that i learned um my big one of my uh first nature lessons which was deer camouflage well 
especially with yeah. fallen leaves. Uh -huh. So so this doe basically busted me, and I didn't see her until she was basically running off, you know, away from me. How how close so did you get? I'd want to say about thirty yards, and didn't oh, know it. Oh man! Yeah. So and didn't know it because she was like right in front of me, and I didn't see her, or I wasn't looking in the direction until she literally just started hopping away. Yeah. So. Um, so while I was frustrated, um, you know, up until that point, I was kind of, you know, elated because I had got, even though I didn't realize it, I had gotten fairly close to this deer, mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying until she busted me. So that it ended up, it ended on a positive note. Yeah. You know, just, just to kind of underscore, you know, your morning frustration there is, you know, you, you learned, I think that the right hunting partner is i don't know if it's so hard to find but they can be hard to find and like you know it when you don't have the right hunting partner you know mm. because hmm. they may not have the same <laughs> discipline that you do and i'm and i'm not trying to poop -poo your cousin or whatever you know but um <clears throat> you know like i i'm a certain way you know i like to be like if i'm if someone says let's meet up at five you know and it's five i already consider myself late you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so you know, if they're not, if people aren't there on time or they don't hunt the way you do or they're not as prepared, you know, cause it's, if, cause for me, even like, like I'm, I'm literally like five or 10 minutes away, you know, 15 maybe from different areas that I can hunt around me. Okay. Um, you are not in that situation. So I can imagine your frustration because you put so much time and, and work and effort and, and, and anticipation into this to, then kind of the the plans kind of turn into a cluster right off the right off the get go, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of disappointing. But again, you know, silver silver lining, you're learning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're learning. You gotta keep that in the back of your mind. You're like, okay, okay, you know, I know what to do and what not to do and who not to do it with. And um so backing up a bit, you guys with the climbers. Um climbers are tough, I gotta say. If if uh if you've never really used one and practice with one you know like the morning of like your hunt's probably not the time to do it um exactly it it, it certainly takes a certain technique it you know just going up the tree or just setting the thing up like ahead of time before you even get up the tree it takes a little bit of knowledge climbing the tree takes a little bit of cadence you know you just got to do things in a certain order um you know I, I don't hunt out of a climber anymore but i've hunted out of climbers and you know just just the simple things like, okay, how do I angle my, my platform, you know, the part where you stand, um, mm -hmm. at the base of the tree, because the, because the tree skinnies up, you know, it gets thinner at the top. So exactly. if you have it, you know, horizontal, when you get going, by the time you get up to hunting height, you know, your platform is tilted down or what, you know, it's sloping away, you know what I mean? So you got to account for, okay, I got to start off sloping into the tree. So by the time I climb, it's going to be horizontal. And then, you know, obviously you said you had some, uh, or, or, you know, his climber had some, had some tears in it or whatever. Um, mm. what, what, what were you guys using? What brand do you mind saying? Um, uh, XOP, um, XOP crap. I can't remember the model, um, off the top of my head, but it was from XOP. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never used, I've never used their, uh, um, climbing tree stands or anything like that, but, um. Uh, and you said it was a seat that was tearing, which is probably not that big a deal, you know, because I mean, you're, you're on a platform. Uh, were you guys wearing, um, safety harnesses? Cause a lot of people don't wear a safety harness with, with a tree. No, climber. 
Definitely, definitely safety harnesses. Our first time around, I didn't want there to be any issues, um, mainly because um, where we were, we had no cell phone signal, and we were hunting on a weekday, so God forbid anything happened, not even the neighbors were home if I needed help. Because right. like I said, my buddy, uh, it's their, their weekend home. They only go up there, you know, Friday evenings and, into Sunday. So it's I just didn't want there to be an issue, God forbid, um, you know, uh, just anything, any kind of problems arose. Yeah, you want to minimize any kind of safety potential, uh, you know, safe safety problems or whatever, you know, just in case. So, okay, so uh, you're walking back, you spook the doe. You're probably a little bit excited. Even when I spook a doe, I'm like, yes, a deer. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I saw one. God damn it. There it is. So, so then, so then what happened now? Um, so then we wrapped it up, went home. Um, but wouldn't you know it, as we pulled out of the driveway and we're driving down the road, that doe is standing there by the side of the road. Oh, of course. So, yeah. so adding insult to injury. Thanks, but, um, Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. So now after that first hunt, um, like I said, with my cousin having, you know, some health issues, um, I wasn't comfortable with us using climbers. Um, he kind of had a hard time even trying to get himself up. So um, we purchased uh, some ground blinds. Mm -hmm. So I know it's kind of, you know, it's not the best move to try to change up, you know, uh, not even mid-season at the beginning of the season like that. But right. it was it was just like I said, I wasn't going to take the risk of him climbing up, trying to climb up in a climber. And again, not really having cell phone signal to be able to contact anyone for help. Um, I was like, you know what, then the, I was going to take my chances with a ground blind. So, so did you did you did you guys kind of have a pact saying okay we're both going to do this you know on the ground or we're both going to do this in climbers because uh, like why did you decide to switch to a, a ground blind as well because you didn't have any issues climbing right yeah none I mean um, I could I have gotten more practice in it yeah but it I would I would have felt comfortable sitting up there but I didn't feel it um, fair mm. you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. it was kind of like I. I was trying to be a good hunting partner and not leave him hanging per se. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. So I figured, you know, I set him up, I helped him set up his blind, um, in one location. I set up my blind in another. Um, and that second day was probably even better than the first, hmm. honestly. And to tell you the truth, saw no sign of deer that day. Um, how we, Ahead, sorry, sorry. How, how far, how, how long away from like the first hunt is how, how long after the first hunt is this? How many? Oh, wow. So first hunt was October 1st. Second one. Oh, crap. Um, either end of October or early November. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. Okay. But it was, it wasn't too far apart because I still, we still had enough time to head up to that property set up our blinds and leave them out there to give them enough time to kind of air out um right so it was it was a good i want to say like maybe a good month after our first day out okay all right yeah plus it gives the uh um the deer time to kind of acclimate to something new that's the biggest problem with ground blinds too it's not just you know the, the smell with them is you know you all of a sudden like pop one up 
you know, in, 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 you know, even in a corner or, or whatever. And the deer know they're like, Oh, okay. What, what the hell is that thing? You know, mm-hmm. unless it's there for a long time, uh, they're not going to be super happy about it. Now, turkeys, um, turkeys are dumb. They're, they're the smartest dumb birds ever. You know, I know we'll, we'll talk about turkeys in a little bit, but I mean, like turkeys, you can, you know, they'll be out in the field. They'll turn around. You can run out there, pop up a blind in the middle of like nothing in the middle of a field or turn around and be like, Oh, you know, and, and, and you put a, you know, a decoy or start calling out there and they will pay no attention to the, you know, big, big square, you know, <laughs> box that's all of a sudden in the middle of the, of the field. But anyway, okay. So, so second time out, you guys are in ground blinds. Um, did you get a better start this time in the morning? Yes, we actually got there um, before first light, which was really cool. Uh, cool, but scary. I'm not going to lie because um, we're walking through, you know, these uh this forest if you will or these woods um in you know total blindness so except for the the headlamps we had on mm-hmm. um and the scary part for me was hearing i believe a coyote howl and then right. hearing and then hearing it's re- the responses it got you know what I'm saying so it started bugging me out um, yeah, yeah but we made it to our blind safely um and we basically planned for an all-day sit you know for uh each for basically each of us so you know we bought food uh water uh stuff, whatever we needed to be able to sit in our blinds all day with no problems right so um now the um cool thing about that was being able to see the, you know the sun come up seeing the being able to see the Basically, just the woods, you know, what's the word I want to say? Yeah, basically. And and that was eye-opening, another lesson learned, if you will. So, got to see that. Um, what else? Then, the other part of it was, bear with me, I'm sorry, um, was getting to... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, see that animals, yep. you know, start make. I mean, to go from dead silence, you know, just hearing the wind rustling and such to now hearing movement. That was really cool. Really, really cool. I can't, uh, I can't even describe that. You know what I'm saying? To all of a sudden see, you know, squirrels, mm-hmm. um, squirrels running around, blue jays flying around my blind um chipmunks not paying me any mind and uh you know what i'm saying it was just kind of it's like you've heard you've heard people talk about that all the time you know what i'm saying watching the watching the the woods just come along you know so yeah. it was really cool just to actually witness all of that absolutely it's something that um I'm sure, you know, campers and hikers and stuff experience that too, you know, overnight kind of thing. But um, there's something different when you're um, sitting there and you're right, you're you're watching the world come alive, right? It's been totally dark. And then uh, you'll, you may not even realize it, but all of a sudden it's like that one animal sounds off, whether it's like the chirping of a, of a, a squirrel, right? Or bark of a squirrel and one will go off and it's like, okay, that one's awake. And then not too long after that, he'll, you know, he'll get a response from, from another tree, from another squirrel. And then some, some, uh, you know, 
uh, chickadee will start, you know, sounding off or whatever. And all of a sudden, it, there's like there's noise and they're scampering about and there's leaves rustling and things like that and everything's coming alive. And you're you feel so lucky to be able to. And of course, the, the, the sun, you know, the, the the daylight starts to kind of filter through, you know, and you feel so lucky to be able to see that. And I think the difference, though, is that you've got a weapon in your hand and it kind of it's one of those deals it's like okay here we go you know you're not just a hiker hello yeah i'm here oh sorry about that um yes so it's 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 i had heard so many stories about that you know saying being able to hear the woods come to life so it was really good to experience it but like i said it was a 12-hour sit that day and unfortunately, I saw no sign of deer. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, many a squirrel uh, tried to fool me, and I fell <laughs> for it because I jump and and jump and like you know, head being on a swivel, it almost break my neck to hear where that sound was coming from. Yeah. So, um, but the highlight of my day now, um, sundown that day was about, I want to say, um, it was either five thirty or six thirty. Now. Having been sitting all day there, it wasn't about until 4.30 in the afternoon, all of a sudden, um, I hear something that was somewhat familiar, familiar to me because I had heard it so many times on, you know, social media accounts, uh, different videos, but I heard turkeys calling. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got excited, um, and lo and behold, within about five minutes of hearing them, I saw about a dozen of them walking um, about a hundred yards away from me, from my blind. So I was like, you know what? Um, I see no sign of, I've seen no sign of deer. I'm going to try my hand at turkey calling, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Cause I've got the tags to, to fill for, um, you know, fall Turkey. But um, I had no Turkey call and I had never practiced um, using a Turkey call. I think we lost you there. Hello. Yeah, there we go. We lost you there for a little bit. All right, sorry about that. So, what happened? You had no uh, practice using a turkey call when I lost you. uh, No, so yeah, I had no practice using a turkey call, but I did recall, um, you know, having heard someone, you know, make a turkey call without using like a diaphragm or anything like that. So, uh, back in March or April, I had tried doing that on my own and had done a. an Instagram video with that. And um, so I tried my hand at turkey calling. Um, maybe half um, of those turkeys stopped and looked in my direction. Yeah. My heart started My heart started racing. <laughs> um, then I, I, kept, I kept calling again because uh, that half, uh, half a dozen were continuing on their way. And I continued calling and one stopped this time looked in my direction and started heading towards me. Hmm. Um, now, uh, I kept calling and mind you, I have no clue what type of turkey call I was making, what type of turkey sound I was making, what it's called, um, what pattern I should be following or anything like that. But um, this one turkey came to within maybe, I want to say 30 or 40 yards mm-hmm. of me. But the thing is... The way the property was, it was like um, it was a lot of hills, um, and so I had no clear shooting lane because I had like um, some small trees, low lying branches, and stuff like that in the way, so I couldn't get a clear shot even if I right. wanted to shoot. 
So I just had to let that one go. But that was the the highlight of my day, be, being able to try my hand um, at turkey calling with no kind of, um, you know, diaphragm or anything in my mouth and being able to get the attention of these turkeys, get a few of them to stop and even get one to come in a little bit. So I that was, like I said, a total blast for me. Um, I had really loved that. That was that was basically my uh my high point for that for that day for that hunt consider that a win yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah that's pretty it's pretty thrilling so now um at this point that was that was my second day out um uh, uh it had been um weeks since i had gone out again after that and um, it was having a hard time, you know, coordinating my schedule with my cousin so we can go out. Um, and then between him and his family commitments and, and my family commitments, we just couldn't get our schedules together. Yeah. So what happened, what happened was um, a buddy at work um, who I've kind of leaned on heavily as well in terms of, um, you know, getting information. Um, he shares a lease with about 20 other guys. It's like a 500 acre piece of property. And that's also about like two and a half, almost three hours away from me. Mm -hmm. And he offered for me to come up to uh, camp and, um, you know, uh, after work on a Friday and, and hunt all day Saturday. So I was like, you know what? I'm in. So I literally left work maybe seven or seven to eight o'clock one um, night after work and came home, packed my bags, drove about two and a half hours outside the city and, um, met with my buddy they had like a a small cabin um it was, and it was my first uh experience um it was my first time experience at what deer camp was like and that's that's the third takeaway i got um from you know my season because it was myself my my buddy from work and like two other guys and it's like it's it's the like one of the guys has a nickname uh his name is uh bobcat and they call him bobcat because he's the only one at that camp to ever shoot a bobcat <laughs> so okay. you know say so and his name is bob so it's bobcat bob oh. so you know say um and then uh it was pretty cool so um there's like because there's so many of them on that lease they've got you know blinds and um deer stands set up um all over the property so um you know, my buddy says that, you know, they all share this lease, but maybe seven of them hunt regularly throughout right. the season. Like yeah. every weekend they're up there. So he knows that uh, his buddies don't have any pro like problems with me using their stand. So um, I actually got to sit up in a tree stand. So I got up. <laughs> so this is funny. I got there maybe 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, I got up to that property. Um, and... Uh, I get there and then base I'm thinking I'm going to go right to sleep, but I'm there and I'm so excited. We're all staying up talking. You know what yep. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I'm yeah. Welcome to your camp. Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hearing some hunting stories. I'm learning why Bobcat Bob got his nickname. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm hearing about the stand. I'm going to get to sit in, you know what I'm saying? Well, the, between the, uh, the three other hunters I was with, they were trying to figure out what would be the best stand for me to hunt because there was a lot of movement on the property. Mm -hmm. So they were like trying to figure out what would be the best option for me where it would be a, you know, a really good chance that I'd see a deer. So, um, so 
they put me in this one stand and it was pretty cool. Like I'm, I got to, you know, I used my safety harness again. I learned what it was like to use a line to bring my bow up, bring my bag up, stuff like that. Um, like all of that. So it was pretty cool. I sat there in the dark. Um, but actually, no, I'm sorry. The funny part was I didn't know that my buddy wasn't going out to hunt that day. So I got up five o'clock in the morning, like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. And my buddy's name is Brian. And so what was cool about this camp is uh, they're, they're minimalist. So it's like a small cabin. It has five bunk beds in there. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they're not there to really socialize. They're there to go hunt. Right. So they 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 maximize the space as best as possible. So I'm asleep in this bunk bed with a bunch like three other grown men, um, yep. you know, in their beds and whatnot. And um, so four thirty five o'clock rolls around. Like Brian, Brian, wake up. He goes for what? I'm like, I was like, we're going hunting. He goes, you got your camo on yet? I'm like, no. He goes. Then fucking leave me alone. Get your camo on. Then wake me up when you're ready. And I was like, I was like, okay. So I get dressed. I get my camo on. I, I'm like, Brian, Brian, I got my stuff on. He's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. He hops out the bed, gets his camo on. Um, well, uh, not every piece, but what he needs to keep warm, like the outer layers. Right. And then... Uh, we hop on his quad, um, and uh, he drives me out to this stand, and he's like, oh, he goes, by uh, 10.30, he goes, I'm going to be back here for you. I'm like, 10.30? He goes, yeah. He goes, deer on this property don't really move after that. I was like, all right. So then uh, I climb up there, get in the stand, and just like the, just like before, you know, my previous day out, um, I got to see the woods come alive again. You know, blue jays, chipmunks, squirrels, the usual animals. Yeah. But, um, and it was just beautiful. And you know what I'm saying? It was so cool to be seeing all this from a tree stand because I'd never been up in one before. Mm-hmm. So, um, get to see the woods come alive again. And, uh, and it was just awesome, you know, nice and quiet. Um, just hanging out, you know, sitting there in my thoughts, uh, taking in the scenery. Um, and just sat there and just watched everything going on around me and just listening um 10 30 rolled around and then i could hear the you know the engine of the quad um rolling up uh my buddy came pick me up oh actually it wasn't him it was another brian that actually came and picked me up i was like oh where's where's the brian that i know he's like oh oh he's gotten a doe bobcat got a doe i was like all right cool yeah exactly so went back to deer camp um unfortunately the deer was already gutted by the time i got there because uh, the Brian I know, he usually um, he basically guts the deer for guts the deer for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it turns out Bobcat tried his hand finally at uh, <laughs> gutting the deer for the first time. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. So when I got there, I don't know what the uh, what is called, but the deer was hung up. Um, I believe upside down. Yeah. Oh, upside on, uh, down. Um, yes. There you go. Yep. Um, deer was hung up and they had finished gutting them already. And so it was my first, uh, first time I've seen, you know, a dead deer, mm-hmm. you know, saying like that. So the fact that I didn't like throw up or, or bug out that I was next to a dead animal was a good sign. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what, so what did you think walking the, up to, walking up to that? I, it was, I'm not going to say it was nothing. I just thought it was cool you know, right. saying, to be able to see this. You know what I'm saying? So um, I was able to look into it, you know what I'm saying, to see where everything was because they had already gotten all the guts out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so and I asked to see the guts. They opened up a trash bag. I was like, oh, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the fact that this didn't bother me in any way, shape, or form, I was kind of proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So because I, I think that's been um, my biggest fear. Because uh, I, I, I told people even even last year, when the time comes, if I'm hunting, I'm not going to lie. I may, I may get a deer in my sights and not even, you know, let the arrow fly. I'm not going to know until I'm in the middle of it. Or I might, you know, uh, shoot a deer and you know, cry because, uh, you know, I killed a deer or I might not be able to stomach um, the sight of a dead deer or the guts or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and the fact that every single able... one of those is perfectly acceptable too, you know? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's and... different for everyone, yeah. Exactly. And, and I don't judge. I was just trying to be honest because I don't know what I'm going to feel. I don't know what my reaction is going to be. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I was able to walk up to that doe, see... Um, what he did, I got a chance to see, you know, the guts. I got, I, li- I didn't stick my head all the way in there, but you yeah. know, I looked into the carcass and stuff like that, um, and it was just cool. I had fun, you know. what I'm saying I got to experience deer camp. That's that. That's pretty cool. Did you guys uh, eat any of the the venison there? Did he share any of that? Like, did you have a campfire at all? Or no, no, no. Because I actually was there only for the day. So um, what happened was, so that was about lunchtime. So we ate lunch because, you know, Bobcat shot that doe um, early in the day, like within the first hour and a half to two hours of us being out there, mm-hmm. he shot that doe. And then um, he came back in and then we all came back in for lunch about 10, 30, 11 or breakfast, really. Yeah. Um, and then we went back out again about one thirty in the afternoon. So... Went back out again about one thirty, but this time um, my buddy Brian wanted to put me in a box blind, um, and he was like, uh, "That was a, it was a box blind that everyone had shot a deer in except for the owner of that box blind." <laughs> so, so they were like, "Listen, uh, my buddy Brian's like, listen, every time we put somebody in that in that blind, they kill something except for the guy who owns the blind." So I was like, "All right, All right I'm willing, to, I'm willing to try." Um, especially everyone was excited because, you know, Bobcat had shot a doe. Mm-hmm. So they were like, all right, there's got to be movement, you know. So sat there in the box blind. Unfortunately, I saw nothing. Um, and by the time the sun went down, again, another quad came and picked me up and then went back to deer camp. Yeah. And then about within an hour and a half to two hours of sun going down, you know, I drove home. But right. th- that that experience for me, what I took away from it was the camaraderie I felt of just spending the day with those guys. Yeah. Deer camp is pretty special. Um, you know, and, and I try to tell people too, you know, it, it, it new people anyway, that there's, there's so many different aspects when they say like hunting, right. That can cover so much stuff. It could just be you solo. It could just be you and a buddy. It could be local. It could be, you know, drive several hours away and it could be deer camp, you know, and you got the experience. I think, I think all of those, except for the solo part of it, you know, but I mean, I think you took in a ton of stuff in just like what the three hunts that you were on. Right. I mean, exactly. That's, that's what I, I mean, that's what I, yeah, that's what I love about it is, um, is unfortunate. Like I agree with, I mean, I don't appreciate being, you know, uh, I don't want to say picked on, but you know, critiqued or chastised for not going out enough. That was a mm-hmm. personal choice. What yeah. I do agree with a lot of those people is I probably would have been a lot more successful 
and learned a lot more if I had gone out more. But I made the conscious decision to, you know, to go to my kids' games, you know, go to my son's basketball, basketball game, to go to my daughter's volleyball game instead of going out to hunt. So it's like I don't, I don't regret going out the days that I did, but I don't regret not going either. You know what I'm saying? Because e- either one, uh, either way, I learned a lot. What was the number one thing you learned, you think? I mean, you learned a bunch, obviously, and it might be tough to categorize. But, I mean, the number one thing that stuck out to you, like, you know, above all else, what do you think that'd be? Wow. The number one thing that I learned out of everything. Um, Honestly, that I have, I want to say, I think the biggest thing I learned was from my first day out and that. Whether hey, it's, hey, hang on. Um, as, as soon the, as hang on, it's a clip. As soon as you said uh, my first day out, you said the number one thing I learned my first day out, and then you cut out for about ten seconds. <laughs> sorry. So the the so the num the number one thing that I learned the very first day it came from my very first day out, and that was to not basically not to underestimate any aspect of, of the hunt, whether it's the planning of it, um, mm. you know, you're having the right gear, um, knowing. Uh, like how to use your gear, um, uh, I guess knowing what you're doing on a stalk, you know, what I'm saying things like that. Um, yeah, that that was the big thing for me, I think, and that's why um, the second time out, I made sure, like, I made the conscious decision. Like, I told my cousin, I'm like, listen, we're, we're investing in some ground blinds, and this is what we're gonna do, and I planned a little bit better. Um, and it's funny because I think with that one. But with that second hunt, I had focused so much on, you know, getting the blinds and setting up the blinds. I didn't really pay attention to what the movement was like around that time. Mm, okay. And then, and you know, and then with my third hunt, um, I relied on someone else. So I didn't have to, they dealt with the planning and they were a lot more experienced than I was. Right. So, so therefore I got to see what that was like. All I had to do was just show up. You know what I'm saying? And I got to see how a tree stand, you know, what it looks like, what it's like to sit in one and so on. So I think uh, more than anything else, like if I had to pass on to anyone anything, like the number one thing that I learned, like you said, was just to not under, like under, do not underestimate any aspect of the hunt, whether it's just preparing for one, getting gear for one and everything from that to the very end of it. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how you can have it all uh but what what I think I think this quote is like um attributed to Mike Tyson when I think he said everyone has a plan until they get punched until in the face. Punch. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> you got punched in the face kind of in the first one and but at least you adapted. It sounded like you adapted. You're like, "Okay, you know, we're, we're late, we're going to make the best of this. We couldn't really get up on our climbers. All right, screw it. We're going to be on the ground." You know what I mean? So every single time you got to, you know, kind of adjust for plan B, C and D kind of thing. So at least at least you did that. So, um, OK, so I want to wrap up uh, two quick kind of things. You've been going for an hour here. and I know it's super late for you and I appreciate that. But um, turkey hunting this year, you, you're going to go turkey hunting this year. Yes. 
Yes, I am. Okay, what's your what's your plan for Turkey? Are you going to be on that same property where uh, you were sweet talking those those uh, gobblers? <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to, and they've been they've been showing movement on my trail cameras. My buddy's still what I what I love is uh, like my friend. Um, his name is Tom that owns the property. Tom, like I said, is up there every weekend, and he knows deer season is over. So he religiously every weekend sends me uh, trail cam pics, and those turkeys are popping up on the trail cam every time dude they are but, everywhere around here right now exactly so uh now the thing for me is i've actually got the opportunity to hunt um public land a lot closer to home like less than an hour away so and i've got oh, cool. someone yeah so um turns out that there is a 600 acre preserve um less than an hour away from my home something that i had never known about and someone who sits on the board of the trust that um manages you know that property um especially uh, when it comes to hunting it they reach out to me via social media and while i won't have access to the preserve for um spring turkey he's actually the guy's putting me on to the public land adjacent to it for me to hunt turkey this spring okay so so it's literally um especially you consider the time of day that you have to head out you know for a turkey hunt mm -hmm. i would be there in about 45 minutes or less yeah yeah so yeah it gets rough know, turkey hunting season man because you're up at like sometimes like three four you know to, to be because it's daylight by like five or four thirty-five. you know what i mean sometimes mm -hmm. so yeah like that, that gets a little bit rough so um how uh, it might be kind of early to ask, but I mean, how, how often do you think you're going to be able to, to get out to this place? Think you get out well, the good thing is, is that, um, you know, the great thing, I don't know about, um, I know some states, spring turkey can be all day, but mm -hmm. if you're, where you're from is anything like me, spring turkey is only from sunup to noon that you can hunt. Oh, here you can do it till sunset, but yeah, uh, I, I know, no. I know a lot of states are till, till noon. Yep. So it'll be more than likely that I can get out a number of times. And I've actually got a week's vacation in the middle of May. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So if if the kids aren't back in school, you know what I'm saying, yet, which I hope they will be. Um, if they, But if the kids are, let's say the kids are back in school, I can, you know, head out there early morning, um, do a little hunting, um, and then come back home, you know, by like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Here's um, here's a here's a tip from a turkey hunter who uh, has never shot a turkey, but has <laughs> I've missed a few turkeys. Um, first of all, you're you're ahead of the curve because you have a ground blind. Um, you can absolutely, I mean, if if they feel like coming close to you and you're sitting in a ground blind, you can get away with murder. Okay, I mean, when you set up decoys, <laughs> literally, you set these things up like five yards in front. And I, you know, and I missed one at 11 yards, and then I missed one just kind of spot and stalking. You know, I, I, I jumped out of a bush and, 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 and whatever. But um, you can do it, you can do it a bunch of ways, but you've already got the blind. And number two, if you can't get out there at like at fly down, you know, because they sleep up on the trees, they roost up there, right? And then they come down. Um, if you can't get there, you know, before sunup, and actually see them fly down and then call them to you like immediately when they fly down um stick around if you can because mid-morning or midday um well you can't go midday i guess past <clears throat> noon but mid-morning um the way i guess the psychology is with, with with uh with with turkeys is 
you know, they, they do what they got to do. They do their breeding and all that stuff, like, first thing, right? And then mm-hmm. kind of mid-morning-ish, the hens kind of get tired of all this. And then they go and then they go and, 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 and nest. They go to their nest. They start incubating their eggs or whatever they do. So they want nothing to do with the toms. Um, so when all the women go away, then the tom is out still kind of looking for action. And he's kind of bored mm. and lonely and horny. So, they, so that's when your, you know, your, your hen calling and stuff is going to work better because then you've got a lonely tom. Um, or Tom's or Jake's, whatever, and they are kind of cruising around looking for that lonely hen, because the other women that they're already with aren't paying them any attention at all. They're they're too busy taking care of the kids, kind of thing. So these things God. are cruising around, right? So that's why midday, mid more late morning, midday is uh, kind of prime time to catch like one kind of wandering around. Because in the morning, if he's got like a bunch of hens around him. Unless you unless you make it really enticing, or he he really wants to, it's hard to call that 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 turkey away from kind of a sure thing because he's got them all there, right? And he doesn't want to leave his hens either. Kind of like elk. I've never been elk hunting, but I mean, I'm sure you've seen enough videos. It's hard to call the bull away when he's got a harem of like 30, 40 cows. He doesn't want to leave because he thinks that the other elk are going to come in and kind of take his women, right? Same with same with turkeys. But if got there's it. no women to be had, you know. He starts cruising around trying to round up the stragglers, and you want to be that straggler. So, got it, got it. Yeah, that's that's the theory anyway. When I actually put one on the ground, I can prove that it works. <laughs> <laughs> are you do, gonna Are you gonna I bow do. hunt? You're gonna bow hunt for for him, right? You're gonna do shotgun. Yes, or bow hunt? no, no, bow hunt because actually that um property um basically right outside the new york city outside the bronx is westchester and westchester is bow hunting only okay okay yeah man it's a kick in the pants it is a lot of fun i'm telling you um and if you pull it off i think you're going to get you know great sense of accomplishment just when they even answer you you know when you get in like a little yelling you know kind of like a back and forth match with uh turkeys because you don't get that interaction with deer with deer you just kind of sit there be quiet and hope they come by you know, yeah, you can some some exactly. places in the country you can rattle them or make snorts or whatever. But I mean, with turkeys, you're actually like playing with them. You're actually in, involved in it. So I, I I really love doing that. So, um, okay. So the next one is uh, to wrap this up. You have started a podcast. Tell everybody about that. Um. So the podcast is called When the Hunt Calls. Um. And uh, one, the title "When the Hunt Calls" is kind of a uh, um, personal to me in that I feel like this has been a calling for me. Um, something that uh, I guess was years, years in the making um, that all led to me wanting to hunt and getting out there. So that's why I called it that. Um, but the podcast is geared towards new. While it, is, I am targeting new hunters, uh, new bow hunters. Um, you know. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, if if a seasoned hunter is, you know, worth their stuff, they 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 might be something that they they could learn, you know, from my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal with my podcast is to essentially, you know, get a guest on every week, um, and at the end of the episode, if you know, I've kind of introduced the listener to something new in the mm-hmm. sport of hunting, if I've kind of put them on to something they never really heard of, and it kind of encourages them to, you know, do a little research on the topic. Um, 
you know, or just if they just enjoyed the episode, I feel like I've done my job. You know what I'm saying? And and that's basically it. Yeah, you've had some stellar guests on there, uh, me included. No, I'm kidding. Uh, th- <laughs> thank you for inviting me on there. Um, but uh, you had Mark Kenyon on there. You had Lantani on there. Um, uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I don't listen to the podcast, but his name isn't Bryant Land, right? It's it's No, uh, no, it's, it's Adam Bryant. Adam Bryant. Adam Bryant. Okay, that's right. And I, I, I think you explained it. Why, why, is it, why is it Bryant Land? podcast um i don't know why he called it bryant land but he just definitely i think in his words he had said he had just wanted he named it after himself because he had just wanted something with his name on it right so yeah i was was listening to part of that and he was talking about like kind of branding his name and stuff like that too but anyway you i mean you've had some you've had some really good uh guests on there you you're you know you're off thank you really good really good start and uh you know You've uh, stepped up the audio, you know. Obviously, everyone has a rough start. I had a <laughs> terrible start with my audio, you know. When I when I started, it's my it's still not all that all that awesome for me. But um, um, no, I think I think it's going to be good. I think um, you know. I think your perspective, um, you know, we need more of it. You know what I mean? We need more of it because you're not Appreciate coming it. at it from the Appreciate point of view of, of everybody else. You're asking, and you're not afraid uh, to ask questions, and you don't. You know, you're not you don't think they're silly questions, you know, because some people may not ask like simple, simple stuff thinking there might be, you know, oh, everyone they're going to might be ridiculed or, you know, everyone ought to know this. You know, you know, I, I feel silly asking this, you know, when there's a lot of people in your shoes that, um, that that don't know. And no matter how far you get down, get down any path, I don't care what discipline it is. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, uh, hunting or uh Hell, I don't know, efficient, whatever, whatever it is, or you know, building computers. I don't care. There's always something you don't know. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always good to ask questions. You're going to learn. There's always going to be someone, somebody in your in your shoes. And I think you um, you have enough uh, of a following too of people that you know are both farther down the path than you as far as hunting goes, but also you know. Uh, not as far down the path, you know, they may want to follow in your footsteps, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, here's, you know, here's a guy, um, you're, you're in your 40s, right? Yes. You know, so you're like a late adult onset hunter, he lives in a city, blah, blah, blah. And hey, if he's, if he's got this, this passion, maybe, you know, maybe, and he, he followed, you follow down that road, maybe I can do it too. So I think, you know, you kind of yeah. inspire people and you put out a lot of really positive, positive messages. So that's always good to hear. So, um, any other last words before we wrap this up? Um, well, just want to thank you for, for having me on again. And uh, at the end of the day, man, keep doing what you're doing because, man, you you also inspire me to, to do what I do. Because um, while I don't shoot a traditional bow, I listen to your podcast um, every episode and I learn a lot. Um, you get me familiar with a lot of terminology that I, I don't necessarily learn on my own. So, man, thank you for inspiring me. Um, and keep doing what you're doing, brother. Problem, no problem. I try. I'll try. Any any time you got questions, just you know, you got we, we text. So, all right, man. Um, so where can they find you? Uh, go through all your Insta stuff and uh, you know, podcast. Oh, well, you just said awesome. the podcast. But go ahead. Uh, but basically on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at urban archery nyc and my podcast um wherever uh any of you guys consume your podcasts uh it's when the hunt calls all right my man stay safe 
Uh, I see you with your mask on all the time, driving around delivering packages. You know, <laughs> avoid all the craziness. You know, not only from the the virus, I'm trying, but I'm cr- trying. crazy people too. You know, so um, yeah, I you know appreciate appreciate you guys still uh, doing all that stuff. You know, my my wife is actually working at Target now. You know, on on unloading like you oh, know unloading wow. trucks and boxes and all that stuff. And so she's going through that craziness too. So I feel you with the. Um, you know, she's starting at like 3 a.m. sometimes, you know, and then, you know, and then they stock the shelves and only to find out like, you know, most of the stuff is gone by the time their shift ends. And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about the uh, uh, homeschooling and stuff. And a lot of that's, you know, going to fall on her, you know, when, when we go. So she's, I, you know. I guess shout out to your wife too and anybody else listening, you know, whose spouses are at home kind of having to, you know, take on this extra responsibility of, uh, you know, you know, schooling our kids and things like that. It's, it's going to be tough for everybody for a while. So, yes, sir. You know, all right, man. Uh, I will talk to you later. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.